Welcome to the podcast, Hopeful Horizons, the bridge where hope and healing meet. Our mission is to create the environment and resources to get people across the bridge from the post-COVID experience to a future filled with hope. Please welcome our host, Holly Porter, founder of Adventure Bucket Wish Foundation. Hello and welcome everybody to the show. Today's going to be just a little bit different as I am the story and the person focused, focused in the podcast by my dear friend, Melanie. And let me just share with you a little bit about Melanie. She has been a dear friend for a lot of years and we've collaborated in masterminds and oh, all kinds of things, retreats, all kinds of different things. And when I started my nonprofit, I knew she needed to come and join me on that. And she's been working with me ever since the conception, pretty much of the idea. So anyway, she's going to interview me today and I'm going to turn the time over to her and let her take the will. Thanks, Melanie. Hi, thank you everybody. My name is Melanie Binger. And as Holly said, we have been friends for many years and I have been truly blessed to have her in my life. And I want you to buckle up and hold on because the story you're going to hear is nothing short of a miracle and a true blessing of the life that um, Holly is and what God is doing in her life. And so I really just want you guys, as you listen today, um, to think of who could the story touch, um, who could the story bring hope to, and who could be encouraged by this? Because when, um, before Holly got sick, I just want to say, you know, COVID hit the world and we, um, we had been all doing business and we were kind of at a really high in our business and had really reached some good things that were going on. And so then we were shifting and pivoting together and everybody was trying to figure out how do we do business? How do we work? And how do we still make it? And I'm sure many of you listening today can relate and can take yourself back to that place of how, where was I in work? Where was my business at? And how did I have to shift? So I just want you to just take a pause a moment and think about that. And then perhaps think about somebody you know who um, who got COVID or became sick and how things had and how you had to adjust and how you could care for them, how you could see them and how that affected your life. That really is why we have started the nonprofit um, Adventure Bucket List and why we are using this this podcast to bring hope to people. So now let's insert Holly Porter's story, my dear friend. Um, Holly, you were in the hot, I remember you getting sick, right? So what do you remember about getting COVID and just just though that feeling before you went into the hospital? First, I want to say everybody in the whole world, I, I can't think of anything on the history of the planet that everybody at the same time so quickly suffered from but COVID. If anyone yeah. can challenge me on that, no one's been able to yet. So we all really know somebody probably that passed away for sure got it if you didn't get it yourself. It's pretty much a common thing right now. So when I got it, I was at a conference in Dallas. And so I don't know if I got it there, if I got it on the airplane. I mean, it really doesn't matter, right? You get it, you get it. I never did think I would get it. I didn't think I was above it. I was a really healthy person, always took my supplements. And so I was a little shocked when I ended up getting it. Um, during the conference, the last night, I had a really bad headache and I could tell I didn't feel well. And by the next morning, I could tell I wasn't feeling any better. Flew home, took a nap. I remember falling asleep right when I got home in the afternoon for like three hours and thinking, 
that was the best sleep I have ever had in my entire life. I mean, I just, not that I felt great, but I was just like the sleep. I must've just like been in that deep, deep sleep and I needed it. And the next morning, still really sick. By Tuesday morning, I had to actually go and pitch a group online at my office. And by then I was starting to get a little concerned because I, I was a mess, but I got up five o'clock showered. I was dripping wet as fast as I was getting ready. And I went and did my pitch just, you know, full disclosure to them all that I wasn't a hundred percent thought I had the flu later that day. I, my sister had brought me a COVID test. I tested and sure enough, I had COVID. And so then I gifted that to my husband and two days later, he followed me in his test and tested positive for COVID. So with us, we sat, we were actually living in a fifth wheel waiting for our home to close. And we buttoned up in there. We were on my dad's property and he, they would bring us food to the steps so we could eat, but we didn't get out of there. We didn't, we were scared. I mean, back then you just didn't get around anyone when you had COVID. This was our very last of August, first part of September in 2021. And so for a week, we both laid there dying <laughs> pretty much. And I, he said I was throwing up cause I was like, what were we doing? He remembers more than me cause he'd never did get quite as serious obviously as me. Um, but when I really knew I was in trouble, it was about four, four thirty in the morning, a week later. And I intuitively said, I can't breathe. I feel like I have an elephant on my chest. We've got to go to the hospital now. We didn't even think about calling an ambulance because we were so concerned they would get it, right? We knew how sick we were. I don't know how. That's a miracle. Uh, again, another miracle. We have lots of miracles we'll talk about. But, you know, that was the first one is that my husband actually was able to drive us to both get to the hospital. Immediately, they kept me. My oxygen was at 63. So 100% is what everybody should be in the 90s. But 100% is like great. Scott wasn't doing well, but not bad enough that they were going to keep him, but they wouldn't let him with me because he had COVID. So they sent him on his way back home. And within 30 minutes, I mean, you know, if you've been to the ER, how long they take to get you into a room and situated and back there. I think from the minute I walked in the door until I was literally in the ICU, I had had three different oxygen level things put on me and I had a room within 30 minutes. They knew I was in trouble. They told me I probably wouldn't have survived probably another few hours because it had gotten to that point. Um, I'm a natural healer. So I'm not against hospitals, but it's not my favorite place to be. Um, usually it was because I was worried about medical bills, but one of the miracles that we had happen was that I got insurance two months before I got COVID and had never had insurance in my whole life. My bill ended up being a million dollars. So that was a miracle in itself. Before you go there and we talk about that, I want to just pause a little bit because I know there's so much and there's a lot of things that you don't remember that I yeah. experienced from your friend or the things that you do remember. And so but what I don't want to brush over is the fact that once you were admitted into the hospital, Holly, you didn't come out for 70 days. You were in the hospital nope. for 70 days. Um, we actually started a prayer chain because it was happening. It was very serious, you guys. And so when I say it's a miracle, it really is a miracle. I believe that Holly is alive. I remember one time, Holly, that you were in there and I don't remember what day it was, but I was in communication with your sisters and they were kind of updating me and I was updating some of our business partners and you chose to be intubated. Yeah. And for me, 
that was a really hard because you had tried numerous things and it was at the point where you had to be intubated. But the thing that's so scary about that is that at this point in time, you know, in the world, it was many people who were put on the machines never came off. Right. Right. So we knew that we really were at the place of, of saying, possibly saying goodbye to you. Right. And I think yeah. you knew that too. If you can take yourself back to that place, what do you remember at that point in time? So it was my fourth day in the ICU. Um, my Scott couldn't come even see me for the first three and a half weeks because he was so sick and weak himself. He was on oxygen also because he had COVID. They wouldn't let him in. At that time, I was blessed that they would let one person in every 24 hours to be with you. One person. And they could stay a full 24 hours, but then they could switch. Well, intuitively, I have two twin sisters just younger than me. They knew pretty much from the beginning that I needed someone there. We were talking the other day, in fact, because I'm writing a story about it all. And I know for a fact that I lived because they were there and they know that. I think it held held the medical staff accountable. You know, they were able to do things for me that other people weren't. And the energy was kept better in my room because they were there. I, I believe that. And so they chose early on to stay. And they recorded a lot of the calls, especially to Scott. We had lots of Zooms. And I, I mean, I couldn't even pick up my phone. I couldn't even hardly move, let alone do anything. Everything had to be done for me. And they were there and Jill recorded it. And I listened to it just a few weeks ago again. I cried for myself because I knew how serious it was. And none of us could make a decision and nobody wanted to make the decision, especially Scott and my sister on the recording. They didn't want to decide my fate. We did know that pretty much you're kissing your life goodbye. If you go on a ventilator, we just had always heard you don't get off. So at that point, at the very end, I just basically said that, I, I don't know if it's the right thing to do, but I feel like it's the choice I need to make because I can't breathe. And the way we're going, my organs would have started suffering and shutting down and things like that. And then I die from that. I felt like it was kind of that last resort that we all knew how serious it was, but I knew I needed to make that choice. I'm trying to think if I remember, I was on that ventilator for, I think just about a week or so. And then they took me off for 24 hours, but I feel like they took me off too soon. Well, they did because within 24 hours, they revented me. So I had to make that choice to go back on because I just couldn't. And I, and I worked hard. I remember the nurse coming in and whispering in my ear. She really was stern. She wasn't mean. I mean, I wish, I wish I really do know who she was so I could thank her because she just, this is all a mindset game. This is all in your head. You want to be reventilated? I'm thinking, oh yeah, it's on my wish list all over again. Let's do it. And you, you got to get that oxygen up. You can't, you've got to get it in the nineties. And it, I could never get it over 85 with love. And I think the thing is, and I, I want to, I really want to give credit to your family because they sent pictures, right? We in the world did not know what was happening. Right. And yeah. so, so many people were dying. And there was, you know, it was so hard for the medical staff. And I think that your family was trying to be, they had signs up you, like you can do it. I mean, I remember just the signs that they put on and how they're caring for you and taking care of you. I think really what she was trying to say to you is you have to choose to live, right? You choose to fight, which I think you were, but I think even the, you know, I mean, I remember the second time you went back on, I was like, oh, it was so scary, Holly. And so you guys, as we go back and we talk about this, we really want to just talk about this because. Here's the thing. 
it is a story and, and, and Holly does have long haulers COVID and there are many people like yourself or other people that you know that are experiencing from that. That's what we're going to talk about and talk about how you battle and what you do. I think like sometimes it's so important to go back to the beginning to remember like here is where we came from. This is what it was like. And this is what we experienced. And to not brush over because now that we're a couple years out of COVID, kind of forget like what it really was. I mean, we were in yeah. lockdown. We couldn't go see our loved ones. Like you said, Holly, only one person could go within that 24-hour time. Scott couldn't come for three and a half weeks. And we were all just, you know, praying and doing that. So, yeah. so on that piece, you know, is there anything else you want to talk about that you remember being in the hospital? I remember lots of things. They weren't all so pleasant. I mean, and, and we'll have some other podcasts, things about, I had lots of out of body experiences. I had a near death experience. I had a spiritual transformational experience. I had all of them while I was in there. I traveled in my bed. I always went in my bed all over and my sisters would laugh when I tell them about it because they're like, you never left this room. You were here the entire time. I'm like, oh yes, I did. And, and I just, I would get out of body experiences, but I always took my bed with me. And I think it was because I, if I didn't have my body with me, maybe I wouldn't get to keep it right. There was that fear. I really believe that when we're experiencing things like that, we're still who we are. We still have our personalities because I remember being really concerned if I was, when you're in that state of mind, you can get pretty nasty to people, you know, you you don't feel good. And I remember being really concerned about that. And my sister said, no, the nurses always said, you said, thank you or nodded at him. I mean, obviously I couldn't talk a lot of the time and you were always really appreciative. So they always liked coming into your room. And I thought, oh, that's nice. Okay, good. I hope I was grateful, you know, because they were more concerned because I had, I never had anxiety. It was off the wall. And the nurses would say to my sisters, are you sure she's not been on anxiety medicine before? They're like, she was on nothing when she walked in here and they were just saying how bad my anxiety was. And I thought about it and I thought, well, let me take your air away from you and let's see how you react. You know, <laughs> I mean, breast's a big deal, right? It's life. You know, and, and let's just pause there for a minute. Breath is a big deal. No matter what any of us are going through and some of us are really having hard days. We have our breath. We have today. And I just think it's so important to think about what do we have to be grateful for? Mm -hmm. Because that is such a simple thing, but it is so profound what you're saying. Many of us take that for granted. And Holly, you have really had to work at rebuilding your lungs and getting healthy again and all the different things that you've done. So you were in the yeah. hospital for 70 days. You have some amazing stories about what happened, what you experienced in the 70 days. I, I do know, um, you know, I just want to talk about a little bit because we were talking about your sisters and you knew like your sisters were really caring for you. Holly oh, is a very beautiful person. You guys, I'm going to tell a little funny story on Holly. And um, she's been a <laughs> You do. But, you know, let's lighten the mood a little bit. Let's um, do it. Her sisters did her hair one day and they had them in pigtails. And I just had to laugh because I thought, boy, her sisters are sure taking care of her. You know, the good thing they were, they were getting her hair out of her face and probably what she needed. But picture, it just made me smile because I could see that they were bringing the joy into the room and doing what they could. They loved you. Yeah. But I think 
well, even with you too there, Holly, for some of those hair well, they, they shaved my They shaved my legs when I was in there. They waxed my eyebrows. My daughter came because I, I trained two of my daughters to be hairdressers as well. We're from a family, lots of hairdressers. And she filled my nails twice while I was in there and did my toes. So like I was getting the full on spa treatment in the ICU. They were taking care of you. They really were. But it, as somebody, I'm in Oregon and you're in Utah. And as I was seeing the pictures, I was like, you could just really see how sick you were and how your body was deteriorating is what I want to say. Yeah. And how I lost all 30 pounds while I was in that first hospital. Yeah. And then I gained, I think I gained five back when I went to the second hospital um, you know, which was more of a rehabilitation. It, I mean, to lose that much weight that fast, that's pretty quick. It, yeah, it was very dramatic. I so, do. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's okay. I had plenty to spare. Weight <laughs> loss strategy, people. <laughs> okay. That's so, way to go. <laughs> so you were in the hospital for 70 days and you get out. Let's just go there. So now you get out. What, tell us about what it was like when you got out. Well, first, I didn't get to go home. They wanted to send me to a third place to rehabilitate, and I begged them. I was so done at the hospital, and I have a lot of family, and I have a lot of kids, and I have a son that had a brand new home all on one level, so I knew we had an extra bedroom. The bathroom was right there, but I needed a ton of care. I had, oh, I don't know, four different people coming to my house to do like all kinds of therapy, and uh, I was on a walker when I left the hospital. And then I graduated to a cane and then I could just walk. But mostly I probably should have been on those a lot longer than I was, but uh, it just wasn't fun. So I went to my son's house for two weeks and was there. And then I needed help with everything. Couldn't even be left alone for just probably the first week. And then I stayed. And then I went to a sister's house in the same town I lived for three weeks. And that was like just before Christmas, you know, because I got out of the hospital November 12th. And so I couldn't go into my fifth will because we, we actually lost the contract on that house because when I went in a coma, they didn't know if I was going to live or die. So we had to let the house contract, they let us cancel it. So we were waiting, putting another house under contract, still in the fifth will. And I had oxygen for about, I had the tanks. I had it at night for about eight months, but I think about three or four months I had the tanks that I had to haul around. I didn't even have the energy or the strength to pick it up the steps to get into the fifth well. And so I couldn't move in there until I could do that because not like people could just stay with me 24 seven. I mean, <laughs> my husband always said I would ask, where's my assistant in the hospital? Like I was working there with the job. Where's my assistant? I'm like, okay, well, he always makes fun of things. I say funny, funny things. I, I do. I took that long before I even got to go, and then I still didn't have a home. We didn't get our home until I think about the first week of February. So we were still, I mean, there was all crazy, crazy stuff. I mean, that's kind of what I want to say. Like, you know, like it, this has been such a long journey, right? Like you were in the hospital yeah. for seven months. You came out and still it was like nine months that you were on oxygen, even after getting out of the hospital. And I remember you going to some of your doctor's appointments, Holly, and you would say, well, why aren't there more people like this? Or why aren't, why aren't we seeing this? And they said, yeah. there are people like you because they died. I asked her why they weren't in pulmonary uh, rehab because there was only two of us in there because they had a special program. And, and I knew the other guy. He was a friend of mine. And he was like, 
kind of his story was like right before mine happened. Asked her and she just said, they don't live to need it. I mean, that humbled me real quick. I mean, it was just, wow, that's amazing that know that I know that I'm a miracle. Like I know there's a purpose. And when people say, what did you do to get better? I almost would say I'm what, 80%. That's about what I feel like I am. I mean, when you're 20% less health, that sucks. It's <laughs> up and down all the time. You can hear in my voice. I, you know, I've been sick for five weeks again. My immune system shot, even though I do everything. But when people say, what do you do to keep your health up? What do you do to get better? My answer to them is, what are you willing to do? Because I don't want to waste my time or my breath or my energy giving someone what I do. And, and it is a long, long list if they're not willing to do it. Right. I mean, if, if you want it back, I had never had that experience. I was really lucky to have my health. And when you lose it, it does change everything. So I feel like just Melanie's a very godlike person too. And so we've had lots of spiritual type discussions around this, but I feel like God saved my life. I'm not going to waste one day of it. And then I got all these detours, you know, the last two years and it was, and my health, journey and the stress of it probably did stifen it a little bit. I probably would have got better a little faster if I wouldn't have had all these added things. But you know what? We have to remember there's lessons in every single step of our journey that we go through. And we're going to keep repeating them until we figure out what the lesson is. And I'm praying. I don't want to go through it again. So I'm praying that there I can pick those this is why this happened because it's helping you with this. And this is why this happened because it's going to help you with that. So that's my answer to that. Anyway, little sidetrack. Well, no, I think it's really important because I do believe we are all here for a purpose. I do think that your life yeah. is a miracle, right? Like, I just think where you're at. And that's why I really wanted to take this time to, to go to what was the condition of your life? You were in the best part of your business and the best part of your life and severely healthy. You were at an exclusive training for top leaders in business at that conference and got sick and ended up yeah. in the hospital and, and your whole life changed. The pitch you were making was a pretty phenomenal pitch of possibility, right? And I think it's right. just a true testament, you guys, to say like, you can be here, you can be by, you know, you could be making the offer for the, the, your, your dream home, right? And lose everything. And here is Holly. She, she's grateful for her life, for her breath, for her family to be living in a fifth will, to be coming out of the hospital after 70 days, <laughs> I mean, to be 70 days but to be grateful, you guys, she was grateful when she went to being able to use a cane. She was grateful every yeah. time the percentage of the oxygen just got a little bit better, right? Mm -hmm. And to now, you know, you're not on it. But I do think it really does bring granite to talk about, like you said, well, what are you willing to do? And so Holly, I would like to know, like, what are, cause I know you have a morning routine and a night routine. And so I would like to know, like, what are some of those things that you do in the morning? Because here's the thing, Holly is so consistent and committed to her health, right? And I, I want to take you guys to see like, to what it was, to what she's willing to do, because here's the thing, we're going to be bringing different stories of people who have had long call long haulers to doctors that, you know, that help people with it. Right. But I think Holly, you are such a prime example of what it is. 
And then we can talk about like what are maybe what are some symptoms that people are having. But I, I think that would be really good because you are I've been blown away by some of the things that you've been willing to do. And I know I'm blown away, too, because it's not it's not fun and it's super time consuming. Um, what I'd like to do, though, is be continued on our next episode because we try to keep these pretty, pretty short under 30 minutes for sure. Uh, 2025 if we can. And so if you're okay with that, and if you want to know what I did, let's bump to that. In that episode, what our solutions were, what we came up with to help people yes. like me and what I got told to do while I was in my coma. And that's brought us to where we are now. So does that sound good? Yeah, I think that sounds great. Um, what I would just like to know as, as before we go and we do that, what is one thing when you, when you think back on your story, and you think about where you were, what is the one thing that you were the most grateful for that you experienced during that, you know, cause the, God, there's always, yeah. there's always good in a difficult time. For me, I would say to feel the love and support that I had because so many didn't have that. So many people died alone in the hospitals that couldn't have anyone there. And I hear those stories and they break my heart because I even know my friend, my, my posts that my sisters would put would have two to 400 comments on every post and heartfelt mm -hmm. things, not just like thumbs up, prayers, get better. It was like heartfelt, kind. And I think when I had my spiritual transformational experience in the hospital, I, I felt that I knew, I knew that I saw that I saw that in this vision I had, and that'll be on a different show. You'll have to come and keep listening to us. So bring you back. But I would say just feeling that that was not just the miracles, but the love and support that because really everything, no matter what, I know we hear it all the time, but it's so true. It, everything's about love. And if we can just remember that in all of our actions, it, it could change the world, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, I'm glad that you guys could join us today. I'm glad that beautiful friend Holly is here. And I invite you guys to stay tuned into this podcast, to, to subscribe to it, to share it with other people, um, to know that we are going to be bringing great stories, great stories of healing things that have overcome tips and tools of things that you can do. If you are facing long haulers, um, some of the experts that help people in those situations. And um, we just ask you to join us on the journey. Thank you so much, Holly. Thanks for listening. Go to the next one and you can hear the rest of the story. Bye for now. Our biggest dream and desire is to bring lasting impact to the lives of the millions experiencing long COVID effects and symptoms all across the world. Please join us. You can reach out to us at adventurebucketwish.org.